This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The arms race in the Atlantic Division went to another level today. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, David Sispoomba, and Sammy McKee. Glad you're along for the ride in the next couple of hours. Who knows what's going to happen between now and, what, 5 p.m. Eastern because the Toronto Maple Leafs just dropped a big one, acquiring Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, a conditional fifth pick in 2024 and a conditional fifth-round pick in 25 from Chicago in exchange for a conditional 2025 first-round pick, 2026 second-round pick, Joey Anderson, some guy I've never heard before, Pavel Gogolev. And that's what you have up until now. We go to Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. and it's anyone's guess if uh, if there's anything left between the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Um, and it feels like the Leafs have to do something else. They, they, oh! Well, they, oh! well, they can't oh! bring back Matt Murray. He oh, can't my goodness. play. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. Let's just hold on. Let's just get into the nuts and bolts of this Start one. The beginning. And before you tell me that ain't enough, all right, I let's talk about right. what this thing means. Well, it means good things. Jake McCabe is a good fit for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He instantly becomes their leader in hits. Guy's even fought a little bit over his career, so we've been looking for that edge. Sammy's been clamoring for a butcher. He'll do a little butching, if that's a way to use the word. It's definitely not. Um, so that's great. You know, he's, he's playing 20 minutes a night, a night for Chicago. He is a plus goal differential guy on a terrible Blackhawks team. Great. They got him to retain $2 million, so they're only paying him $2 million. He's got two extra years of term after this. Good fit, Kipper. Sammy, listen, he's uh, he's not Chikrin. He's not Ekholm. He's not uh, Gavrikov. He's Jake McCabe. Your thoughts on uh, the, the bruiser from Chicago? I, this is just exciting. I, I, I'm really just floored that he did this again in terms of just trading another first round pick. Yeah, like it just. I'm getting, I'm getting Alex Anthopoulos vibes here, boys. <laughs> We're, we're not going down. I'm, get, with, I'm, yeah. get, I'm getting 2015 Alex Anthopoulos when he traded away, you know, burned the boats, traded away every prospect they had for Tulo and Price and yeah. all these different guys. It just really feel. I, I, Those are fun years. This is a Jays fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't pan out. <laughs> but, I mean, they, they, went, they won a playoff series, That's so that true. was good. Yeah. So I just, I am really interested in what McCabe's going to bring feel like this is something that they were sorely needing, a real guy on defense that's going to play in their top four immediately. Another hefty price to pay here. But after you make the first one, it seems like it makes a lot of sense to make the second one. Like you can only be, you can't be half all in if you're asking me. So either do it all or do nothing. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with this trade, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, listen, um, my thoughts are this is... Uh, a good move by Kyle Dubas. No, yeah. no question about that. Only time will tell if, if it's enough yeah. to beat Tampa or to go against the Boston Bruins. They are much better and much deeper than they were 
two weeks ago. Yeah. No question about that. I like the fact, as, as Sam alluded to, and you as well, that uh, McCabe now is not a rental. You didn't cost you a hard first-round pick. Mm-hmm. You have him for next year at $2 million bucks for a guy that potentially can play 20 minutes a night. He is... We'll wait and see. Is is he? Can he be as good as McKay? Or uh, can he be as good as Jake Muzzin? Mm-hmm. Could he have that type of influence? Is he? Will he be a poor man's Jake Muzzin? Yeah. You know, is he at least someone that you can put over the boards, trying to protect a lead and feel good that he could hang in front of the net? You know, he's six one, two hundred pounds, thereabouts, maybe even bigger than that. But he's, you know, he's got some yeah. size and some snarl to him. You can YouTube a couple of his hits and. You know, he's thrown a few yeah. big ones over his career. So that's encouraging. Um, you know, and Lafferty is a guy we talked about lacking kind of depth and snarl. This is a guy, he's also, you know, fought seven times in his career and he's fast in PKs and there's some upside yeah. there too. No, no question about that. Uh, another uh, legit bottom six yeah. energy. Well, Aston Reese is like, oh. Real deal, real deal uh, bottom forward. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious, yeah. you know, what that ends up looking like. The competition at the bottom you talked about last week is getting real. You know, Aston Reese had a good week last week, I thought, because, yeah. you know, the Achari edition helped him, but also the pressure of like, oh, I'm the next one out here. Probably it feels to me like he's the one who falls to 13 in yeah. what's a much more feisty, aggressive lineup. Fast too, Lafferty. Really fast. This just feels like Dubas putting his you-know-what on the table. Feels like a guy whose job is on the well, line. Yeah, I, I won't use the phrase you put last year, but he put something on the table last week, and this year the whole package. Oh yeah, been, yeah, this yeah. time the whole package yeah. has been flopped it's, out. It's all on the table here. <laughs> yeah, and listen, you see what Tampa did. We'll talk about that later. You see what Boston did. I think this is just kind of the poor man's version of the Boston trade with two guys that have a little bit of term, right? Like you traded for a bottom six sort of energy guy mm-hmm. that hits and a top four defenseman. I'm not going to say Lafferty and uh, McCabe are Orlov and and Hathaway. I'm not going to make that. But it's a very similar acquisition in terms of what those two guys bring to the respective teams they're coming to. So it's pretty remarkable to see what this Eastern Conference is like. It's, I respect, you know, I was worried about them making all these trades when does it really give you that much better of a chance to beat Tampa? Now with this trade, and with the way the Leafs have played since they made the other trade, outside of that crappy game in Chicago, I am feeling like they have a better chance yeah. now. Like, mm-hmm. I really do feel like they are deeper and better suited to beat Tampa Bay. The upgrade is there, no question about that. The one thing that uh, stood out the most for me is that this is that alternative. And I don't really see Kyle pushing all his chips in on this. You didn't see this before it happened? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I don't see this move as pulling, pushing all his chips in. This is just another anti-up? Well, it's this is one of those rare deals where he can address a need, which he did, but it didn't cost him necessarily his first rounder. We know it's conditional, and it could, but it didn't also cost him Matthew Nyes. Mm -hmm. And that's where Chikrin would have gone, and that's where Ekholm would have gone. And Ekholm's out there right now. He's available. He is available. And the feeling was 
prior to the Jake McCabe move that the Leafs were in on that along with Edmonton, but a lot, a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. Are you saying you think something could still happen? I'm no, I, I think, I think they're pretty much set to be yeah. honest with you. The only thing is, as you alluded to right off the bat, could they go and, and switch out Matt Murray for something that's uh, a little bit more say dependable? Yeah. You know, that, that remains to be seen, but I don't know in terms of we, we we think we know how they feel about Hull, Lilligren, and Sandine. So I don't think that there's much more room you can yeah. play with. Yeah, so they when Murray comes off LTIR, they will still be over the salary cap 1.5 to 1.8, somewhere in that range. So that means someone some corresponding move has to happen. You don't think they can juggle their way through this and play less players? Good and- question, yeah. Yeah, I think they could. Yeah. I think they probably could find a way to play 20. The Rangers have played down one and two men here. I can't see them uh, giving up on a, a Kerfoot. I can't you see can't, them. Eh? No, I can't. Yeah, that's interesting. And I agree. Yeah. You know, you're, you're looking for depth. You want to go the distance. This guy does everything for your team. He plays 16, 17 a night. Yeah. So- you know, the only thing I wonder, Kipper, is would it be worthwhile to pay someone to take Matt Murray. Yes. You know, because then yes. you're, you four and a six, four point six has moved out. Yes. You go from being needing 1.5 in space to having another three to spend. You know, then maybe there's a corresponding move. The only thing is he's got another year. Murray does, yeah. Yes. So the cost is going to be very expensive. Unless you, you find a team who thinks he's could be okay. Yeah. Where have they been on Pluto? <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, there are also teams that are not caring if they win. Remember, Chicago took Mazarek. Mrazek. I'm glad he's traded even, so you don't, don't have to say his name his anymore. Name. But, you they, know, took, they took him in a cost 26 overall pick, 27th. Okay. Yeah, it was not nothing. You but, ready to give that up for Murray? Well, yeah, would Arizona say, all right, you can have Vijmelka as your no, backup. We'll take no, Murray. It's too high of a price to pay for a guy that you're not grooming anyways to be your number one goalie. Yeah. Now you're just throwing stuff on the wall. Oh, for sure I am. Yeah. But I, I really don't think that, I, I mean, this not, is not throwing something at the wall. It's Matt not, Murray is not. It's not ideal. No. And Matt Murray is not, it's not the situation you want. A guy who can't play and you're not sure if he yeah. can play well when he's in. Yeah. That's so, you know, whatever they decide to do there to make that money work. I, I just know we better see Matt Murray this week and get some sense if he can play. Otherwise you got to do something, even if it costs something. All right. So, uh, I know we've got uh, a Blue Jay game on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. We're glad everybody's aboard on uh, our YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, So we're, we got Jason Bukala, correct? Yeah. Coming in in about uh, 20 minutes? We'll call him around 335, 330. Perfect. Yes. Former NHL scout. He's done a ton of writing, even projected uh, Timo Meyer, awfully close, eh? JB on uh, on the move to New Jersey. Yeah, pretty much nailed it. You, you know, he called Shakir a Macmadulin. Not sure if I said that right. Um, a pick. You know, the whole bunch. Of, he basically nailed that one. And then also this McCabe trade. He had dialed in pretty good yeah. for the Leafs as well. So, so we're going to get uh, his thoughts on on Jake McCabe and and what he loves about this move or doesn't remains to be seen. We believe Kyle Dubis will address the media after acquiring Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty. Ooh. right around 4 p.m. Eastern, so we'll keep an eye on that. Plus, there's uh, David Poyle news out there, Barry Trotz, Timo Meyer to the Devils. Keandra Miller was spitting mad the other night. Yeesh. Ooh. 
So we'll get uh, we'll get thoughts on that as we uh, anticipate a, a hearing for Kendra Miller tomorrow uh, for spitting uh, in the direction of Drew Doughty. So plenty to get into. Oh yeah. Uh, the one thing that you know I, I don't question, but I I would it, it would be nice if if a guy like Jake McCabe would have come in a little bit more seasoned Mm -hmm. you know at close to age of 30 he's played in buffalo yeah he's played in chicago he has yet to play his first nhl playoff game yeah yeah no that is gonna he's gonna be into the uh what is it out of the frying pan into the fire for sure i am curious to see you know what the expectations and role looks like for him like my guess is they go riley brody mccabe hall geo with lilligren still like some sort of defensive yeah. pairing. Like McCabe can play the offside, which really ups their options, and that's nice. Well, you didn't like that, the McCabe Hall? No. 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 No, I've got him. McCabe Brody? Honest, like Morgan Riley. I. Yeah. I've got, I got, I got the idea that I got to help Morgan Riley get his game going. Yeah. So why not give him a stay-at-home type of guy? That He's can just thrived with mind, those guys. mind, you know, mind my back end, and I'll go do the things that have made me the most successful. And that's outside of, uh, you know, being very confident in their win in Seattle yeah. yesterday. I still think Morgan needs to find his game. And yeah. my first thought is the new guy. Well, it would be interesting, you know, since I've been following the Leafs, covering the Leafs. That's been the constant struggle. Try to find the, the right pair for Riley. He hasn't had great options. You know, he had a lot of success with Ron Hainsey. You know, Brody is kind of the best, but it, it would be interesting to see McCabe flip and play the offside. The one thing there, Kipper, is that probably changes which of Sandine and Lilligren you're talking about getting the bump. Yeah. Because you flip him and play him with Riley, you know, then your right side still has Hall um, and Brody on the right side. You know, so then you're probably Geo and Hall, Lilligren Brody. Yeah. 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 Lilligren Brody. Geo and Hall is interesting. Like, you need another pair that you can put out. So, last year um, in the postseason, Muzzin and Brody were like the shutdown pair. You did a great job against Tampa's top guys. You're going to want a pair that you trust against the best. So, how they, I, I, I want to see what McCabe can handle. You know, I'm glad they got a 20 game runway here or 22 yeah. game runway to get some sense of that. Sure, they are too. I, there's probably a couple guys in the Leafs decor that didn't like this trade a whole lot. I would imagine. Rasmus no. Sandin saw this trade notification today, and he probably wasn't extremely overly thrilled. No, you know I don't. You know Connor Timmins plays the other side, but you said that Jake McCabe can play on the other side. Yeah, like Timmins is a clean eight now. Yeah, it's just it's nice to see that they have got some options now. If one guy goes down or, you know, there's an injury or whatever. But I agree with you. Like, there's no way I'm not throwing McCabe right into the fire and playing him with Riley or playing him with, you know, bro or whoever you want to play him with. You just paid a lot of money or a lot of picks. You paid, you know, you got them to retain money. I'm putting him on that top pair, top two pairs and see what he can do. Like you said, the runway's here. Now it's time to figure out what he can do. And I'm, you know, it's nice. These added, like... Now Wednesday night against the Oilers with two new guys in the lineup, like it's just 
just enticing. Oh, yeah. New toy night. These it's are, exciting. These are great nights to be watching the Leafs. Let's see. So then Lafferty's going to join that bottom six somewhere. Kerfoot, Achari, Lafferty. If you take out Aston Reese, you like that? Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, let's kind of just shuffle it around. Yeah. Lafferty has 93 hits in 50-some games. Oh, listen, um, they are a much harder team to play against yeah. than I've seen in quite some time. The big they're, thing, they're way better. They are way better than they were going into the playoffs last year. And you know what stands out to me with that bottom line is they can really skate, like really skate. Like Achari's a good skater. Lafferty's one yeah. of the faster players in the league, and so is Alex Kerfoot. Like I know everyone holds up Maroon, Belmar, and uh, Perry. Ah, uh, boy, that it's going to be tough to keep up when, with with Achari, Lafferty, Kerfoot. So, finally, feel good about that matchup, which last year you certainly did not. So there's a plus. Well, uh, surprised how quickly the Leafs answered. Uh, and was this an answer to Boston with Orlov and Garnet Hathaway, or was it an answer to uh, Tanner uh, Janot? <laughs> like which, which, what was the answer here on this trade today by the Leafs? I, it's just a arms race and you have to put together the best team you can. Like you look at the other teams and you keep saying it's not enough. It's not enough more, more, more. So, you know, I think it's both, but yeah, Tampa's third line is now Ross Colton, Nick Paul, Tanner, Janot. That's as good a third line as you'll find in the NHL. As good as, as Tampa's had since the Gord line, they won the cup with. So, you know, it's, Sammy, I don't know uh, the Leafs are done. Part of you was really disappointed to see Tanner Jero, uh, Jano go to Tampa. Uh, yeah, listen. Do you I, feel better now after this trade? I think <laughs> there's two completely different um, conversations when it comes to Tanner Jano. I think everyone was kind of, I would say, go as far as to say making fun of, clowning on Tampa for the price that they paid for him. Can we just revisit that? Well, a first, which is lottery protected in 25, mm-hmm. a second in 2024, a third in 2023, and a fourth in 2023. I mean, that is a monstrous tab, right? So I just, I don't, I said this last night on Twitter, and I'm going to say it here again, is that I can't, I'm not going to make fun of them for what they paid because I just know that that is an absolutely perfect Tampa Bay Lightning fit. And they're going to sign him for a long-term contract, probably a decent number, and he's going to be excellent in the playoffs against the Leafs. This is just <laughs> a stone. It's about the Leafs. But eh? no, it's just a stone-cold lock of all locks. Yeah. Ross Colton, him and Nick, uh, Nick Paul and him, they're going to get away with murder every shift. They're going to be leaning on the oh, Leafs. Oh, come on. No, it's true. They no, will. It's, no, they, yeah, it's true. It's 100% true. And listen, you, you can... You can quibble with me and you can say whatever you want. Yeah. I just... But I just... I think that I, is a, a really scary the acquisition. thing I said when I saw that deal besides... All right, let's welcome in uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan, as the Jays game just concluded. Uh, talk of the day around here. Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, joining the Toronto Maple Leafs in what was a pretty big deal to answer uh, the Eastern Conference race. Yeah. Between Tampa Bay 
and the Boston Bruins. So uh, we can revisit that, but I do yeah. want you to finish the thought you had just started before we welcome them in on Tanner Janot going to Tampa. And we are talking about uh, whether or not the Leafs uh, answered the call of, of Tanner uh, Janot going to Tampa yeah. or the earlier trade by the Boston Bruins for Orlov and, of course, uh, race, baby. Garnet uh, Hathaway. My first instinct was that this one had the feel of Hagel, right? Mm -hmm. You're really trading for the same thing. Now, didn't cost Tampa two first-rounders, but they made up for the second first-rounder with the the second, Second, the third, third, and the fourth. Yeah, it's a fifth in there too, wasn't it? And a fifth, you're right, and a fifth. A partridge and a pear tree. So my first thought after you get over how expensive it was is, is this what they needed? I thought it's overkill. When I look at their lineup with Maroon, Corey Perry, Anthony Sorelli, like even Kalorn I'll throw in there, yeah, Belmar. Belmar. Like they they have forwards that play hard. Oh, yeah. And as much as we would think that the Tampa Bay Lightning blue line is amazing with one of the best in Hedman, I think they're vulnerable back there. Interesting. I really do. You know, I'm just looking at it here. The three of their six D are named Perbix, Cole, and Flurry. Yes, and it's not as good as Sandine Lilligren and maybe Connor Timmins. Yeah, you think? I mean, right? I do see that they're they are a little bit more vulnerable there. Yes. Like, and I just don't know if I would have done Bogosian's it. on their top pair with uh, Hedman. Least fans remember him. It's not like he's Hedman, infallible. Hedman Sergachev. And Chernak. And Chernak's got this ability. Yeah, sorry, he's not in there. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. And Chernak's got this ability to disappear every once in a while with an injury. Mm-hmm. I think he's suspended right now out of the lineup. That's why you don't see him, yeah. I think. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not sure if I would have had a boatload of a first, second, third, and fourth. I would have gone Tanner Janot first. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Ian Cole's a good player serviceable player, a depth guy. He has not replaced Ryan McDonough for me. No, Ryan McDonough is a big loss for them, right? Like he was their guy who blocked the shots, the guts and glory type of guy. That's an interesting take. You know, I, I guess I look at that Tampa group of forwards and my thought is, you know, like Sammy who sent us it earlier today, it's just like going through those guys is such a war, such a war, but the way hockey is, you're going to get through them and you're going to go up against the opposing team's defense at some point. So, it, yeah. you know, I, I can see why yeah. I can see why you say that. And so, okay, they get Jake McCabe. We think like it's going to be this amazing series, by the way. Oh, man. Like just, just before we go a little deeper on Tampa. As a hockey fan. Let's just say, can we recall over men, and I've covered – Trade deadlines, probably, like, you know, you were still a runt <laughs> yeah. before you got into it. I've been watching you on TV hey, for 20 years, pal. Say, it's be- been a bit. Before you got your life in a heap of mess, <laughs> I was covering trade deadlines. I vaguely remember that. I can't recall watching, like, three teams like this go toe-to-toe with trades and assets and yeah. building and building. Like, there is going to be one team... No, maybe two, depending if we bring in maybe, uh, I don't know, New Jersey or something. There are going to be two teams absolutely crushed. Oh, man. Crushed. 
right? Crushed. Where you've made Carolina, all these, the Rangers, Devils, like you, you've made you've made these moves. Yeah. And like you're out of the, you're out in the first round. Meanwhile, some grimy team like the Dallas Stars is going to do nothing and be like, <laughs> you know, they're going to get right. the dregs. Whoever like, comes out of this is going to be limping. Like Toronto, Toronto, Tampa, like hearts will be broken and, here. And listen, you know, we like to actually I shouldn't say we. You shouldn't lump us into that. I like to whine about the way the the playoff format is. Um. They, the Leafs will be playing Tampa Bay right now in the old format. <laughs> so it's just, you look at the Eastern Conference. It's destiny. The, the way the Eastern Conference is laid out, yeah. it's like. Hey, there's no, you can't avoid there's a good no, team. There's no, I'm starting to ease up a little bit we're, we're, on the argument about the Leafs sort we, of we division. Don't care, we don't care about Toronto playing Tampa in the first round. What we care is it doesn't need to be decided in November. That's what we care okay, about. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'll say that. But, like, they're on a, you know, they'll be on a collision course regardless of it. I mean, you're going to have to beat the Eastern Conference. Yes. Like, I don't know who I saw tweet it, but I saw that the Eastern Conference, the easiest team they may play, might be in the final. Yeah. Like, it's like the time, by, by the time you get to the final, it'll be the easiest team you've played. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a good thing or not. Mentally, probably a good thing, though. You'd rather play. So, just to spin this back okay. on, on finishing my thought, then you, you can just, it's... You know, like like I said, it's an arms race. You got a nuclear warhead, I get two. You yeah. go, I get two, you get three. Once in the you end, get, everyone's blown once, up and sad. Once, once you got you finish trading off, what, what is left now? Yeah. And for me, Tampa, Toronto, just boils down to one thing now. I know. Don't say it, Vasilevsky. I know that was the word. That's yep. it. Okay. And whether yeah. or not he still has a plus in him. Or this could be that one year where it's Columbus and he can't find it, and you you hope and, and pray pray for that. That's it. You sure do. And if you can get Samsonov looking more like he did against Seattle, and less like what we've seen the last couple of weeks, yeah, maybe just being a little bit under Vasilevsky will still be good enough for the Leafs to get past Tampa Bay. I so looking at the two rosters right now and. Like you were mentioning, I, I do think from the net out, the Leafs are a better team. Like in terms of the forwards, the defense, like the in total. But like you said, Vasilevsky is an absolute boogeyman. Vasilevsky's he a, last... He's a dream haunter. Yeah, the last three playoff years, he's played 25 games at a 927, 23 games at a 937, and 23 games at a 922. So he's been f- pretty flawless. Kipper, you mentioned that series against Columbus. He's an 856 in four games. Yeah. It can happen. Of course it can happen. The game has to be played. <laughs> yeah. And that is also. And that unfortunately can't get fixed at the trade deadline, no matter. No, you can't make the other team not have SLS. <laughs> <laughs> we have traded for them to not have this player. Yeah, not an option. So, yeah, it, it is, you know, can you protect uh samsonov well enough i still believe if samsonov can pitch a 9 10 it, it would be enough they just need to not lose the goaltending matchup badly they just can't lose it badly so you know if he struggles and you have to go to matt murray you're reeling pretty hard no no doubt that's a critical piece so in the end we're less upset i feel you know what the the assets the leafs have moved seeing what everyone else is doing yeah. around the league here and I, you know it Still is a long shot, and again, I, I don't know what what Matthew Nye's 
will bring. Interesting. But there, there is that thought that he will get some looks, I think. He will sign his professional contract when he's done. He will be brought in. I don't know if there's time to fit him in somewhere yeah. to get some looks, get his feet wet. How how badly, how desperate you want to I look? Mean, if you Minnesota if you, can lose, they don't have to win the national championship. You know, it's not written in stone. They're going to go to April eighth. It's a good point. You, you know, know, it is hockey after all. It's still, a, but I one of the main reasons I've liked them adding the forward depth with Achari and Lafferty, and I mean, I won't include Ryan O'Reilly as depth, but those two guys is I think one of the things it accomplishes is easing the pressure on Matthew Nyes coming in and having mm-hmm. to contribute to this lineup, right? Like, if he's... Can you play 10 on the third or fourth line so Kerfa can play up or something? If he's completely undeniable and you play him in a game before the regular season or you need a jolt in a playoff game or something, I like having him as an option as opposed to a savior. Yeah. You know? That's like a great a, way to as put a, it. As a guy that can come in and, you know, change things up. He scores or, one sneaky one in yeah. OT for you. And- just like, <laughs> just having him as not being the guy that's riding in on a high horse yeah. to save the least bottom six, I think is good for everyone involved, including Matthew Nice. With Nice, like Pierre Engvall's playing time comes into question. Like uh, if you're healthy and you put Nice on the left side or, you know, we don't know what he's going to look like, but, you know, suddenly a guy like Engvall, so that's, you know, the the, the bottom two lines right now are Engvall, Camp, Yarncroc, yeah. Kerfoot, Achari, Lafferty. We're only guessing right now what the left side's going to look like for game one against Tampa Bay mm-hmm. and whether or not ultimately it will be John Tavares or not. Yeah, they're going to go to three centers at some point here. Well, I don't care. I mean, I don't care what they do with between now and, and 22, 23 games left. All I care is. What's it going to look like in game one now? Well, yeah, but right? I mean, you want to see what it looks like prior and get some sense of what they're going to do or, you know, some information to make that decision on. So we assume it's bunting Tavares and then. Engvall, Kerfoot. Nyes, Kerfoot. Nyes, exactly. Engvall. Exactly. So I mean, if you've got Kerfoot bumped out, that's hard to see. No, that's not happening. I know some people want to trade him out there. The one, guy, I see your DMs. Uh, the one thing that uh, is interesting now is the real need for Kyle and, and Sheldon to take Mitch Marner and put him back with Austin Matthews, which made Austin look a little bit more like Austin last we, night. Well, we all called that in here, right? or at least I did, right? Got to give give the big rig Mitchy again. I think we said verbatim. He's the uh, he's the the whisperer now. Yeah. You got the a fixer. problem with your game? You call in the whisperer. Uh, that was Zach Hyman when he was here, and you know Mitchy's taking that over. He'll make you like, better. Uh, like it's unbelievable, like how good Mitch Marner is. That like, what he's been able to do in the last week and a half with either Ryan O'Reilly or, or Austin Matthews. Like, you just... Putting them on a platter for guys. Like, come on. That, that guy should have five points every game. So, can I ask... Can I put a theory to you guys that got uh, someone sent to me and I wanted to ask you about? The difference between Marner playing with Matthews and uh, Matthews playing with Willie and Bunting is Marner so, does so much defensive heavy lifting as well. 
And when it's Matthews with Nylander and Bunting, he has to do so much of the heavy lifting. Hmm. Yeah. And you know why? But is that like, I mean, listen, we made the joke about Sandine saying that he doesn't back check or whatever. Like there's still that part of his game, but it just feels like when he is with Marner, he's part of the rush and part of the play. And when he's with Bunting and Nylander, he's kind of behind the play because yeah. he's kind of. Mm-hmm. And that's Willie's fault. Oh, because Willie cheats. Willie mm. wants to be up. Willie wants to stretch. Mm-hmm. Willie's looking for another breakaway. That's not Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner comes back. Willie yeah. doesn't come back. And that's not a knock against Willie. That's just Willie being Willie. That's yeah. how Willie gets his points. And Willie, the big difference, the big difference between Willie now and Willie then is he is stronger and he's turned himself into a competitor. Mm-hmm. He competes now. But as far as his game structure, yeah. it's as loosey as it's ever been. Yeah. They just, you're allowed to take certain leeways when you're a guy like Willie. They they say, yeah, go, stretch, take a chance. It's kind of how and, you do and, your thing. And that's not a great thing for Austin Matthews. Not to mention, Willie's a shooter. Mitch doesn't shoot the puck, you know, half as much as, as Willie. So... You know, Willie's going to take more opportunities rather than looking for Austin. Austin's shots per game, I think, are down to 4.1 from 4.8 yeah. when he plays with Mitch. So he gets more opportunities. He defends a little bit less. It makes a lot of sense. I don't see any way that you reconstruct these lines in a way that doesn't keep those two together game one of the playoffs. Yeah, and, and come on. They, they got to keep the big guy happy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And you can in, see in them perf- after their score, like in a perfect world. I mean, I think they were probably forced into this to help Matthews for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. he needs help. Now yeah. he's disappeared on us. He doesn't look like uh, the sixty goal scorer we had. Oh, by the way, the majority of those sixty goals came off of uh, playing with number sixteen. Get them back together. Don't care. Ryan O'Reilly don't care. Tavares don't care. Matthews care. Yeah. Put him put him now. Yeah. No, it's it's the right time for them and hopefully, you know, Matthews starts to find that energy a little bit. He, he mentioned yesterday about finding a little bit of an extra step, you know, when you see it go in and he's been looking to see that more. So that's great. I mean, they're loaded. Just curious to see how you what you do with the other other guys. All now. right, let's welcome in former NHL scout writer for Sportsnet.ca and uh, a big part of Sportsnet's coverage for trade deadline come Friday. Uh, Jason Bukala, thanks for joining us, Jason. How are you? Doing fantastic, fellas. Not oh. so sure what's going to be left on Friday oh, by yeah. the time we get there, but uh, you no. know, whatever it is. Listen, what it is. You you and Elliot could fight over uh, Morgan getting traded again. I hear I hear there's some teams interested in him. That's all that's going to be left for Friday, man. You guys better bring a cribbage board, Monopoly, something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you, buddy. Hey, I hear you. For so, sure. so uh, your thoughts because we know we know Chikrin's out there. We know um, Gavrikov's out there. We know Ekholm's out there. The Leafs go with Jake McCabe. Let's get your thoughts. Let's start with Gavrikov. I wasn't buying the hype, Kipper. I, I got to be honest with you. I broke him down quite a bit through the course of the year. Um, I don't see in a heavy, hard series that Gavrikov is going to uh, give Toronto what they require. Hmm. I had some issues with it. I'm going to give you a little bit of scout speak. I hope I, I hope it'll bore you to death. But, I mean, his, his balance 
when he goes to present against opponents down low in the zone, like in the corners below the goal lines, he's hunched over. He's a poke checker more than he's a banger. Like he might bump up to a guy, but when you're defending against a speed rush, guys like Gavrikov, they have a hard time gapping up because when you're hunched over and you're leaning forward with your stick all the time, your balance is off. So if you swing and miss, I mean, the guy's going right to the net with the puck. I wasn't buying high on Gavrikov um, right from the outset. So that's one thing. And I thought that the, the ask was outrageous as well, especially when he's on record saying that he doesn't want to sign anywhere that he goes. So, I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> Just to, not to uh, cut you off, but the ask, a first and a third, is that what you're hearing? I heard, uh, I heard first, third, and fourth. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I heard the first and the third. So, I mean... I, you know, from experience in the past dealing with Columbus on the other side, I can tell you that they're um, stringent. I guess is the best way I would put it in terms of uh, their beliefs and their in their players and their heart. I don't want to say they're hard to deal with. Let's just say they're stubborn to deal with. Let's they just say it. that. So they dig it. Yeah, they dig it. Um, at home, I would have loved for the Leafs to pick up back home. Um, I know he's thirty-two years old. Um, yeah, at six-two-five, they would have had to massage things a little bit differently. Which probably would have meant they would not been would not have been able to bring in uh, another depth forward like Lafferty. Um, out of all the defensemen, though, he would have been my guy that I appreciated the most. Yeah, me too. Been, he can play in all situations. He's been to a Stanley Cup final. He's um, uh, he's more trustworthy, I guess. Guys is what I can say in all facets of the game. You know what I mean? Like if he if, if you. If you're late on the scene, he's one of those guys that can contain to the perimeter very well. He's smart. He's crafty. So that would have been the guy that I would have liked to uh, have acquired the most out of, out of all the defensemen. Um, so having said like that, do we want to jump right into what happened here? Or? Yeah. <laughs> you might as well. We've been talking and kicking it around for 38 minutes here. You might as well just take your crack at it there, Bukes. <laughs> um, you know, I have McCabe on my, uh, on my radar as a guy. I mean, listen. This isn't a perfect player, but uh, and he's had some injury issues in the past. It, it, but if you want to take a look at what he's going to bring to the roster today, um, he can play both sides. He can kill penalties. He's mobile. Um, Timing-wise, I'd like to see a little bit more efficiency, I guess, uh, with your routes, taking guys to the proper areas off the rush and things like that. But, I mean, at this time of year, are we going to throw rocks at glass houses? You know, like it's 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 an upgrade for what they have. Like that's the bottom line. He mm-hmm. makes the defense. He makes their core. The group on the back end's better with Jake McCabe. That's the bottom line. Um, plus seven in Chicago. I mean, I haven't looked at the statistics of that team, but I got to believe they've got to be dash eighty or ninety probably overall in the season, maybe. So um, you know, not bad. Um, he's got some bump to his game, which is a bonus. It's going to take a little bit of weight off some of the other guys. 122 hits, 115 block shots. This is this Leaf team. They don't block shots, and we all know that your goaltender can be overexposed at the hardest time of year when you don't get in the way once in a while. And so I think that anybody who wants to block more shots when he comes in to wear a Leaf uniform, that's a good thing. So all those things add up to positives for me. Um, I really like the Lafferty ad. I have to be honest. I was I was thinking Lafferty, Bukestad, you know, those types of players that can play wing or in the middle, um, have a little bit of bump to their game, a little bit of range. Lafferty's real good on the penalty kill. He's got four shorthanded goals, uh, an assist. Um, you know, he can play a variety of positions. He can play the middle. He can play both sides. Wins like 54% of his uh, face-offs. And again, he's got some bump to his game. So, 
Um, this is a positive. One thing that stands out for me and um, as I'm foaming at the mouth here, but um, <laughs> one thing that stands one thing that stands out for me, guys, is that bottom line now. So consider that Lafferty and Aston Reese played together a little bit in Pittsburgh, right? And now you got a Chari on the bottom. I, I looked at the roster and I broke it all down today. I'm going to throw some names at you here. Um, let me see. Kerfoot, Engvall, Yarncrook, Camp, Bunting, Holmberg, Marner, Nylander, and O'Reilly. 368 total hits on the year between that group of nine forwards. Yeah. Lafferty, Aston, Reese, Achari, 407. Finally. <laughs> the Leafs have a line that'll run into people. Hooray. Like... They had no chance building it on the bottom the way it was before with yeah. the Kerfoots yes. and the Holmbergs and yes. whatever else. Like, come on, let's Mulligans be and oh my god, like, <laughs> should be a they would have just got run right over, and we would have all been complaining. So these are great ads. Um, the investment's steep. The draft grid doesn't look great, but you want to look at a bad draft grid. Take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning with two picks in, the, oh in this draft. Let you me know, ask so. you. Um, you know, earlier before you came on, I, I said that uh, this McCabe trade wasn't completely all chips in uh, uh, on the table. And I only say that because it did not cost them Nyes. It did not cost them Minton. Uh, it cost them a conditional first. Is this the best way to have uh, saved Kyle's prospects? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And Especially if you want to think, you, you don't like to do it. You don't like to think worst case scenario because when you're when you're all in, you're all in. You don't really want to go there. But I mean, let's just go there for a second. Um, worst case scenario, they go out in the first round, and obviously things are going to get have to get retooled. You'd really not want to have the Nyes and the Mintons and the Nimalas and maybe the Hervinins, um, Steves. I don't care. Like we could go down some of these guys like you don't want to have them gonzo on top of having no draft capital. So, I mean, it's a positive that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all shaping up for a better looking group on the back end. Then what do you expect to happen with the Leafs D? Like you, you mentioned that McCabe can play both sides. Sandine seems to be the guy on the outs. You may have a different view of that. Timmons kind of kicking around like, first off, I'll say, do you think they're done? And if you do think they're done, what do you think of the D who, who are the six in? Okay, so let's go with do I think they're done first. Um, it's all going to depend on Matt Murray, right? So right. Um, right now they've got money to spend with him on long term. If he comes off long term, they're not even compliant. So they got to move something out to uh, to save some cash, whether it be a you know a curve for I it, it, just pick a name. I, I somebody's got to right. go, right? Yep. So just to make it. So um, in terms of the uh, the pairings or the six. Oh boy. Like it's, uh, so, you know, Giordano, um, I'm not even putting him together yet. So you got Riley, you got Giordano, you obviously got McCabe. Um, you've obviously got Brody. Um, so there's your, there's your top four. Lilligren has taken a step for me this year. Yeah. He's better player than he was last year. Um, I trust his brain better now, guys. Um, like I, I'm interested to hear what you guys think because I trust his brain better now than I ever have in his development. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought initially when he came up, he wanted to show you that he could do the make the hard play, and I think now he's simplified things a little bit. The, the game doesn't look; it looks like it's slowed down for him a little bit. So I, I agree with you there. While Sandine still has a lot of moments, you know. They, 
taking the pressure on a four check and making the right play. Lilligren's done a better job of finding a safe outlet for the puck on retrievals. I agree. Like I, you know, I, I thought Lilligren was confused about what he was going to be, or, or I thought he's confused about what was going to make him an NHL defenseman. And you just brought up an interesting point there. I'd much rather have Lilligren with a four checker on his back pocket, turning to make an escape or make an outlet right now than Sandine. Like I find that Sandine, when he's got somebody on his pocket, um, he either gets pushed to an area where he can't make a play or there's a pizza on the horizon somewhere in the middle of the ice at the wrong time of the game. So I'm going with Hall instead of Sandine. Sandine's my man out. And I'm actually thinking that Timmons is a wild card in this whole equation. Um, I just don't know that the volume is there to necessarily put him in the, you know, the face of fire. Like I'm not, I think it can be, but I think it's a year away with Timmons. So, um, Hall uh, and Lilligren. I don't know what the pairings are going to be here because guys are going to have to switch around both sides. McCabe can play both sides. Brody can play both sides. Sandine's the odd man out for me. On uh, uh, that's that's how I feel today. Let me ask you something. When you said def- uh, defense that are out there available, you had Ekholm at the top of your list, and when you described things that you loved about him, I think you had second or third that he's been to a final. Well, Jake McCabe. Uh, at age 29, has yet been to a Stanley Cup final. He's yet been to a playoff game, never played in the playoffs. Does that matter to you? Uh, you know, the, the team, the inexperience of, of, of really getting ready. And, you know, there's, there's teams that love to, to, to introduce players like this to a playoff to get seasoned, to get better, to build. This team is not necessarily, I don't know if you ask Sammy, maybe it's different for him, but... I, they're they're built now to try to win a Stanley Cup. They're not built just to win one round here. Does it matter to you that a guy like Jake McCabe doesn't have any playoff seasoning at all? It would have been on the list of consideration. Absolutely. For me, it is. It always is at this time of year. Um, so I think what trumps it for me, Kipper, is the Lafferty ad. Um, all things being equal, if I was looking at McCabe and Ekholm only, like straight up uh, mano a mano, I would have tried to find a way for Ekholm's cap to fit. I would have done something else. The Lafferty edition, and when I start talking about heavy heart in the, in the floor hole, um, that trumps that equation for me. But you, you're, you're 100% right. Teams that have been there before and know what it takes, like even if we think back to last year, there was, there was stages in that first-round playoff against Tampa Bay where you could almost, to the casual fan, they would almost look at it and think Tampa was going through the motions. Like, it almost looked like that sometimes. Like, they were just kind of, you know, kitty by the door, taking their time, getting into the series. But it's all part of their the way they play the game. They wear you down mentally, physically, and then, of course, the goaltending is great. So all of that is learned when you win Stanley Cups. Like, you know, the progression. You don't, you don't have to play your hairs on fire every step of the uh, 60 minutes in the playoffs. You have to build up to the win. And uh, guys who know how to do it know how to do it. So I, I think that I hope that answers your question. I wish it was the other way, but the, the Lafferty thing unfortunately trumps it. The the Lafferty thing, just one follow up on him. Like, how far would he be from being an out of the lineup guy for the Leafs? I don't really have a sense for his game. Like, you know, we've got him on the fourth line as we talk about him here. But Aston Reese is a pretty nice player, and right now he seems like the guy bumped. Is he that much of a step up from Aston Reese? He's a step for Masteries. He is. Um, yeah, he's a step for Masteries. More secondary scoring, more pace. Um, 
more pressure up yeah. ice uh, when they're short. Is he? Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know his game all that well. Yeah, like Aston Reese, I think he has some trouble at times. For me, arriving, um, he sometimes arrives a half second later than other people, and um, this guy, he's he's the opposite. He, he's on the scene quicker. Let me ask you about the rest of the, the, the blue line in terms of teams still looking. L.A., I'm hearing Ekholm, Edmonton. I don't know how close you think it is, but is that a guy that uh, you are also hearing they are targeting? Well, I think that's exactly what Edmonton should be targeting. Um, I, I'd be shocked if L.A. doesn't add like a Chikrin or an Ekholm here. There's, it just seems like the, the thing with L.A., they're in a pickle because really what they need is a goalie and a defenseman, but they just can't go there with the goaltending. Like it's impossible. So they're kind of in a jam that way. Um, and I guess the same could be said, said about Edmonton really, because their, their goaltending is, you know, it is what it is. But um, I'm hearing, you know, like Edmonton would be wise to shop in, in, in the at home waters. That's, that's exactly what that, that team needs. Of course, Shen's name is still floating around out there. Um, you know, these are the kind of names that, uh, that that those types of teams, more Edmonton, those are the types of bodies. If they could add a Shen and an Ekholm, that would be a massive upgrade for the Oilers. Yeah, and considering the, you know, easier path they have through, I mean, that could make a huge difference in making them the favorites in the West. I'd love to see that. You know, there's been big moves around the NHL, and while we have you, I just thought I'd have you weigh in. I know you wrote something on what the Devils get in Timo Meyer and, and Tanner Janot. You just want to give us your, your quick thoughts on those two trades? Yeah, you know, Meyer, I mean, he was the biggest fish out there. I get it. Um, goal scorer, he's going to probably play with Heshire, his country mate there in, in New Jersey. It's time for New Jersey to take another step, and this is a good ad for them. But, you know, from my perspective, when I'm breaking down players, like, don't be misled. Like, um, Meyer scores goals. He plays heavy hard from the red line going north, but his tracking back and his defensive detail is not great. And he's going to have to get broken down a little bit like that. They're going to have to do some work because you got, you got to play at least average detail in playoffs to have team success. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, I don't even know where to start guys. Like I was absolutely gobstopped. Like I had just uh, like, uh, I've never seen anything like it. Um, but who are we to say when Tampa Bay's clearly got a model that works yeah. and they're all in a certain way. So Good for them if they think it works. Listen, he's big, strong, mean. Um, I don't care if the guy scores 10 points from now to the end of the season. As long as he, him and the Nick Pauls and the other guys they have in their lineup are running over opponents in playoffs, it just reeks of a, a reaction to what Boston did a little bit. That's like I feel like all this is a little bit of a trickle-down effect from what the Bruins added as well. I just look at Tampa Bay's blue line, and I just saw Tanner's overkill for them. I would I would have put those draft picks in something on the blue line. I would have spread the I would have spread it around absolutely. I think they could have like they could have spent that type of capital and brought in and, and there's teams out there that are eating money, right? So you could have easily parked some of the, the money with a with a later round pick somewhere else, call it Chicago, Arizona, Anaheim. Uh, there would have been a lot of different ways to skin that cat. Uh, it makes me feel like there must have been some sort of a a bidding war behind the scenes that we're not all privy to, but Mm -hmm. it might come out uh, in short order. Jason, really appreciate the time, man. All the best this week. Have fun on Friday. We'll be watching. All right. Yeah. Hopefully I'm on and not just out back eating donuts and muffins with Elliot. (laughs) Yeah.
Don't expect we'll fresh ones either. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. Jason Bukala from Sportsnet.ca. Uh, there's there's going to be a few more trades. There's no question. Uh, it's just interesting now that, again, of all the trade deadlines I've covered, there just seems to be a race now to get things done now mm-hmm. instead of the 3 p.m. Yeah. And that is because you don't know what's going to be left yeah. by 3 p.m. You can't wait. I think that's, again, Kyle did this deal in a perfect world. Maybe he would have liked to seen some prices drop, but with the, the demand of defense, I think Kyle really felt if I don't do this now, yeah. it won't be available for me come Thursday night or Friday. And particularly when you're a team that has multiple holes you want to fill, like the Leafs clearly looked at their forward group and said, not good enough. Look at top six, bottom six, blue they line now. Three new forwards. That's They've really sh- changed the, the face of their team. Yeah, and that's tough to do between 2 and 3 p.m. in the same day. You know, all the communication that would have to take place and the negotiations. Like, I think there's a sense of... If you need one player, maybe you can wait and see what's available. The blue light special, but you know, for the Leafs who felt yeah. you know, going up against Tampa and Boston, it's going to be a war. We need to go big. I understand yeah. why they start building the home a little bit sooner. Like, I, go ahead, Sammy. No, I just, I'm just more of a general, you know, thought that I am excited. Oh this, yeah, I am. I like, I am. You know, I've been a Leaf fan my whole life, and a lot of times at trade deadlines, they've been underwhelming for the Leafs and they've picked yeah. the wrong trade and they've done weird things and you, you look back and this just kind of brings me back to my youth and they were having those massive trade deadlines and they're trading for like Gary Ro- <laughs> uh, Gary Roberts and trading for, you know, Ron Francis and trading for Brian Leach and like... Yeah, trying to win. They're... It just... It's a exciting and scary feeling to be all in because of the matchups. It's like love, Sam. You have to come yeah. I've been I've been in love for a long time, boys. So we don't need to get into that. But oh, it's okay. just a very it's a Talking very about a guy that's had his heart broken too, right? Yeah, I have. Very Listen, protective. You know how protective I've been. Like I, I even said, yes. I didn't like the Ryan O'Reilly trade, but having seen, I, I just should, I didn't like the price. But right. having seen everything that's shaken out here now, I'm officially on board. I'm right. excited. Yeah, it is. I have to. I have to admit. I, I really think fr- by Friday, we're going to see a lot of those moves for like. Guys for a million, million and a half that can kind of clean up your your uh, your salary cap. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be it? like, yes, uh, who got traded for a seventh? Yeah, and, and you're like, oh, that guy in Columbus. Ninth, He's been there for three years. Like, who, uh, okay, more guys that I've never heard of. Ted Schneebly from the yeah. <laughs> Dallas Stars. Yeah, I yeah. It's just I feel for those guys. Yeah, <laughs> it could be a long day. Uh, thoughts over the weekend as we start hearing how close maybe Pat Kane is to becoming a Ranger. This one has been a strange one for me almost right from the get-go, and it's almost as if the New York Rangers went Tarasenko first because it was like we're, we don't know if he wants to play or not. With Kane. He, yes, for Kane, he, did, he doesn't even look that good. Watch him in Toronto a week and a half ago, and it's like, he looks disinterested, and now it's like the Rangers are scrambling to jump through hoops on what do we need to do, and if we have a, a roster of 16 or 17 for the next couple of games, so be it. But this one's just felt strange to me. Yeah, there's almost a sense, too, where 
it, it feels a little bit anti-competitive. Like we're just like doing this favor for Kane to let him go play at the place he wants to go play. Like, I don't know that it's the best thing for the Rangers to, you know, get, take on a ten and a half million dollar like contract. They're doing too much. They're doing a lot here to get a guy that, like, I don't know. I understand how he's like him recently. Like him, yeah. I. But I'm just. And doing I want to see it happen. Don't get me wrong. But I get your point, Kipper. That this feels. Yes. Well, we should go to break because Dubis is going to talk round four. So okay. Let's go to break. And I'm going to get we'll Kipper a new pen because I can't watch this anymore. And then uh, we'll pick up on Kane too. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. Meyer, plenty more, including the Nashville Predators uh, as David Poyle exits and Barry Trotz comes in. So much more on the real Kipper and Bourne. Stick around, and we'll be back after these words. Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, as promised, Kyle Dubas on his big trade. We're going to need to give our group the best chance as we get to get set here for one, clinching our spot in the playoffs, continuing to chip away and get ready for it, and then uh, get ready for the uh, the battle that's to come. Uh, we can continue to push our way and get there. So that's uh, that's where we're at, and um, I'll turn it over for questions. Um, Everyone wants to fire away. Uh, I think the thing we like about Jake, we obviously played against him a lot when he was in Buffalo. Um, spoke to them uh, in the summer. It was 21 now going back to it um, when he was a free agent coming off of an ACL injury. Um, and um, just always liked how physically he is, competitive he is in neutral zone and uh, combined with how he can defend and, and move the puck. Uh, seems to relish that role. And when we're going through different guys, obviously it's with Jake Muzzin out that creates the, the whole there that we've talked about in previous availabilities and uh, feel like he he fits that and then uh, once we kind of got through the salary part with um, um, uh, with uh, Chicago it, it just kind of fits in and makes sense and I also like the fact that he's got this year and two more to follow and um, you know he's just uh, just 29 years old here now and just turned 29 so um, versus the others on the market still uh, one of the younger uh, of the group so we're excited to have him come in and look forward to working with him uh, obviously he's, he's played very well and with he's mostly been with uh, with Seth Jones there in Chicago and, and done a very good job for them so it's Gave us a good chance to see how he would play against top competition each night, and we'll leave it to Sheldon and, uh, and Dean to sort out how they want to go through that. And uh, but we're really excited to have him. How about Lafferty? Uh, Lafferty is uh, someone that we when we played him more when he was in in Pittsburgh, uh, but last year once he went there, it seemed to come alive more uh, with Chicago. Uh, was good in Pittsburgh as well, and then uh, a little bit more opportunity uh, in Chicago. It's, for me, the speed is the number one thing that he brings, but also the versatility, able to play center, able to play wing, um, and then the forecheck competitiveness, tenacity on the forecheck, and able to create turnovers up the ice, be physical, be really competitive. Um, and this year, it's it's kind of it's gone in for him uh, more this year, but um, you know because he puts himself in, in those opportunities with his forechecking ability to get him behind the D. But we're we're getting him for his ability to defend, 
forecheck, be competitive and bring great speed uh, to our team and uh, another layer of competitiveness as with O'Reilly and, and Achari up front. Do you think all these moves kind of change the identity of the mix a little bit for the playoffs? Well, that's what we've tried to do, Jonas. I mean, it, there's no there's no, uh, no reason for us to, to really beat around it. We've, we've wanted to become uh, more competitive. Uh, Sam makes us faster as well up front um, while maintaining the group that we have and we didn't want to deplete from our, our actual prospects that are already in the system. Um, but that's been the whole the, the goal here, something we feel like in those big moments that we've we've needed and, and uh, maybe we've lacked a little bit of is to just kind of push us over the top. The thing about all three of the fours that it requires that they, they've also have proven, you know, Sam more so this year alone than in previous, but with Noel and obviously with, with Ryan, that they can they can score and they can score in, in tight of the net where we're going to have to find a way and where we haven't found a way in, in key moments in the past. So that's that was sort of the goal. So like yeah, I don't. I hate to get into the whole playoff style goals, playoff style um, uh, anything. It's just trying to find guys that can go to those areas that are harder of the rink and, and score that way as well. Uh, we know we have guys that can score uh, from anywhere at the top of the lineup. It's finding guys that can chip in uh, more from the bottom, and we think uh, we think Noel and uh, Sam can do that. And then we hope our you know we've continued to have our our own guys in development McMahon's done that since he's gone back to the Marley Steve's is he Steve had Steve's had a lot of chances when he was here and Holmberg as well so he's trying to find more people like that that can help put us over the top how much does what other teams do like especially in your division factor and maybe the speed of the talks you know Tampa makes that big trade Boston makes yeah yeah, the, neither of those. Tra- I mean, for us, it, I mean, it was neither of those really affected. We were doing this talk with Chicago had been going on even before the uh, the Boston deal. So, uh, and it was you know nearly at the finish line or essentially over the finish line last night when the Tampa Bay uh, Nashville deal came down. So, we're we're just we have to focus on ourselves and worry about ourselves and and know it's going to be really tough. Like we've been through it before. We know that that these are elite elite competitors, and at this moment, um, you know, it's it's in on both. Uh, sides of the, the of this format in the East, you're going to have two teams that are in the top six. Uh, if, it, if it finishes this way, playing in the first round, which is great for the fans, uh, but it's it's really tough when you're competing. And, and uh, but I think we relish it, and I think we need it. Actually, I don't I don't think we should be, uh, of, of all teams should be embracing it and being ready to go for it. But there is a context to this, right? Like, and you, you're you're sending a lot of future mm-hmm. more than you probably sent mm-hmm. at previous deadlines mm-hmm. for right now. Like, what makes this team and this moment and this conference kind of worth that? Uh, I, I think uh, there's probably two different ways to answer, Bruce. This, this trade, more so than the previous one, um, I see as uh, like these like, like McCabe has this year plus two more Lafferty has this year plus two more so you're going to get a lot of, of utility from them just over the course of the term um, with regards to giving our team the best chance I think every year we're in it with where we're at right now we have to give the team the best chance to to win and um, you know you go through the year because the format is how it is you know you're, who you're going to be up against if you finish in the top three of your division unless you can get to the very top and then but even still like the wild card like that's a battle on the east right now too it's, it's great for the fans and it's it's great for the game i think um but for us it's okay how do we situate ourselves to best compete because just being a fun matchup and being fun to watch isn't good enough for us it's trying to win so it's looking to what things do we need to help our lineup help our coaches help the others and then and can we get them and then with regards to the futures 
Sure, we don't want to um, deplete ourselves too much uh, down the road, but uh, if, if we can add guys with term, in which, which we did here, um, we can find ways to, to replace that as we move along. And, and um, we we've, we've, have a lot of confidence in our prospects that are already in, as I've, as I've said. So, uh, it, it, of course, it is a, is a concern. You never want to, if you could have a clean sheet going ahead at every pick, that'd be great. But I think we owe it to our group to try to give them the best chance. Do you anticipate Matt Murray coming off LTI this, this week? Uh, we are tracking towards that, it seems like. Like it so uh, that's the that's the hope and he's continuing to skate and participate more and more and it looks looks uh, looks good on that front so we we sure hope so yeah. you have to make another move though to I, yeah I mean we went through this last year too where we thought we were gonna have to make another move and then uh, Rasmus Sandin got hurt in Nashville and missed the remainder of the year so um, my old friend of mine always used to say when time is on your side use it so we'll we'll do that here but we we kind of know where where everything is at but we'll see what happens in the subsequent couple games here here in uh, Edmonton and uh, in Calgary and then be able to adapt from there. Do you feel like you're done or do you anticipate being busy between now and... I I think we'll still be busy and active and try to find if there's any way that we can continue to improve. It's at the balance now where you kind of get between are you you changing the group too much or... um, But the guys have received the Noel and Ryan so well. I think being on the road has helped. We got them. We were at home and then we were in uh, Chicago and Buffalo, one home game and then on on the road trip. So they have to be together all the time. And uh, unlike in the uh, COVID year where you were just in the hotel, they can actually go out and do things together and kind of build that camaraderie. So you've you've seen that a little... uh, little bit here in, in the in the week and those guys have integrated uh, about as seamlessly as, as I've hoped and um, I think they're planning on going to the Springsteen concert tonight so um, which I think would be great well I, I personally would think that's outstanding but uh, for a number of reasons but it'll be it'll be good for those guys to come together as well. Do you expect the new guys to play Wednesday? I will, I'll leave that to Sheldon and but the, I, I, they're on their way here now and they'll be here uh, this evening and so they'll practice tomorrow and I would it's a back-to-back so it might be some lineup stuff in and out, but um, you know I, I'll leave that to Sheldon and the coaching staff. Well, I think the University of Minnesota and Bob Motzko and his staff have done a great job with him and actually and Michael Kester, uh, our other prospect. He had four points on the, the first night against the Ohio State. Um, I think that. Um, They've just done a great job continuing to, you know, to build into Matt's game developmentally the ability to use his size and strength to make plays and, and build space for himself and then take advantage of it. He plays with two other elite uh, prospects, which is, which is fun to watch. It was a fun game to watch on, on Saturday. Um, but he, uh, they, I can't rave enough about the job that they've done at University of Minnesota with him. It's, just, it's, it's being able to utilize his strengths to the best of his ability, which is a huge developmental task. It sounds obvious, but it, it, isn't, as, uh, it isn't as smooth in execution as it is in ideation. So he's, he's come along really well there. And then you know, he's, there's less one-on-one forcing plays. It's, it's more playing within their system and, and strengths. And, and then he was imposing himself physically as well. So um, he's, done, uh, he's done good work there, but the staff and, and, the, and the crew at University of Minnesota have been excellent for him. So uh, I think they, they have a bye this week, and then our hope is to see them uh, win the Big Ten championship if they, if they can, because we've got two guys there, not to cheer for one team over another. But, and and uh, when, when he went back, it was to try to win the national championship. So I think that's important for our prospects is learning how to – those are high-pressure, one-and-done games. So um, we hope for a long time he's in them, and this is a good chance to get used to him. One thing with McCabe is he's never played a playoff game. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's played a game that like, was a really high-pressure game since he was a world junior. Right. Is that a, like 
I don't know. What, how do you look at that? I, I have a, a, just a very unique way of looking at it in that we had Ron Hainsey here, mm-hmm. um, who was the same. Um, went through his whole NHL career, didn't play in a playoff game, had some of that when he was younger, and then went to Pittsburgh and stepped in and was a key, uh, key part for them in, in winning the Stanley Cup. Um, and I actually uh, went back and forth with Ronnie this this morning about that. Um, you know, you, you you never know. Um, it's you'd love to have guys who've all won before and all done it. But I, I just think the way that he plays is the best, probably projection of how he's going to be in those moments. So, um, you know, he he plays with high pressure, physically competitive, and and uh, doesn't really give an inch to people. And that's what we're going to need in those moments. So we we think it'll translate well. But it's it is interesting, and it's just luckily knowing Ronnie a little bit from having him here it kind of gave me the. Um, more comfort in the fact that when you look at it, it's some of it's circumstantial, right? It's just he was with Buffalo just before they kind of took off, and and um, and um, you know they're they're kind of on their way now, and and that's sometimes just the way it goes. Is there any concern whatsoever that Nyes won't sign? Are you 100 confident? Oh, I never know. I mean, it's not a discussion we've we've had, um, you know, at, at a great deal of length, Luke. So until any player actually goes down that path, I. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have any reason to be heavily alarmed at this point, but uh, um, our focus is for him is on helping his team win uh, win the Big Ten, and then uh, hopefully they can they can push to win the national championship. We would have some other guys that are pushing along the way as well in college hockey, but he obviously set that as his goal going back in the rank number one. So um, we don't want to distract him with anything, and certainly don't want to distract distract their program. On a personal level, what's the last few weeks been like for you? From the outside, it looks like there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Feel some satisfaction here with the moves you made. Is it more? More? Uh, like, how are you? Feeling? No, I, I. I mean, I've never been asked that. Thank you, Mark. Um, but um, I, this, to me, is the most fun time. Like I said to the guys this morning, as we were kind of pushing it across the finish line. Like when you're, I don't know, unless you've been like in there doing it. Like uh, the moments when you're just getting a trade that you've worked on for a while to the finish line. It's the most exciting part of it. And then you know, seeing the guys come in, like Noel and Ryan. Um, and, the, and not even their production, but just the way that they've played and helped the team, and then the way that the guys react to it, and where we're at. Like it's, this to me is the most exciting time. And I don't, I don't know about the, I don't, wouldn't say that it feels pressure. You feel a, a duty in this job to do everything you can to help the group of people that are that are part of it, the staff and the players. And we're fortunate here to have great staff, great players um, that. Um, that deserve everything from my end to help them get over the top and reach their potential, which is to win. So um, this to me is the most exciting time. And then the trade deadline comes and you're kind of on the trail that Luke was just asking about, which is going to see your guys in college and Europe that are going to be coming over soon and and then ready for the draft. But this is, I mean, this is the most fun part of this, really. I mean, it's, you know, whether you want to call it pressure or not, I I don't know, but it's a lot of fun. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Kyle Dubas, general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, addressing the pickup of Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty. We'll see who's in the lineup as early as Wednesday night, Edmonton Oilers. What a week we have ahead here. Two games, right? Back-to-back. Is it Wednesday, Thursday? Wednesday in Edmonton, Thursday in uh, Calgary. And then Saturday in Vancouver. So everybody... And Vancouver and get all bent out of shape because it's a seven o'clock, t- four start. o'clock, four o'clock, t- yeah, <laughs> Pacific they, time. Boy, the, they don't like that out there. The day after the deadline, too, there may be interesting to see what the Canucks look like. Are they going to unload 
Demko or JT Miller or Brock Besser or Tyler Myers or OEL. Like, it's a – what are they going to do? Cluster. Cluster truck. Yes. Um, truck full of clusters. So can we just quickly look at this from the Chicago perspective, this trade? Sure. Because we, me and Borny were touch, talking about this a little bit in before the show started, but this is how you rebuild. Over the next three drafts, the Blackhawks have six first-round picks mm-hmm. and 17 picks in the first three rounds in 26 total. So they have, yeah, so they have three from Chicago, three, uh, two from Tampa Bay, one from Toronto, and then you know six second-rounders, five third-rounders. They're, if they... But season ticket holders can't oh, I come know. and watch. Listen, I know that. Future draft picks. They should actually trade some of those. That's too many. You can't develop yeah, it's too many. 20 guys at once. <laughs> you know that they're going to have coming in here in the but next. Those are, that's a lot of assets. You know what? Yeah. That's all it is. It's just assets and. <laughs> Six first round picks. Just listening years. to Tampa Bay. Uh, Breezebois, I think was quoted as saying, listen, these picks, there's no guarantees and there's just no way, no knowing for sure. And we're in the here and now, and I've got to help these guys win now. And I I get all of that. It's not so much that you want these assets so you could use them to, to, to actually pick at at, a draft, but it's also, making sure that you don't give them up for the wrong trade. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to be in a position a year from now to say, oh, I really like that guy. He became available, but I gave my first rounder away last year. Now I don't have it. Now I'm out of play. Yeah, That's the thing that you want to protect yourself from. If you're Chicago. Anybody, yeah. really. Yeah, just yeah. anybody with yeah. your assets. It's not so much that you want it so you can use it yourself, but it's a... It's a huge chip. You got to turn you, it into a player on your you, roster. You got to turn it into the right player, yeah. though. Yeah, you can. You don't want to turn it. You don't want to give it up for the wrong guy. That's all. Like, yeah, like Tampa potentially did for well, Tanner Janot. You know, which Tanner Janot is Tanner Janot? Is he a twenty-five goal scorer? Or is he a five goal scorer? <laughs> I just love how terrified everyone is of saying it was an egregious overpay by Tampa. Like Bukula, Because they've been right so often Bukula they've earned like, that. Google is like, oh, I was flat, whatever he said. Yeah. And he's like, but, yeah. you know, it's like, how? who am I to say? You also got to assume that you're not giving up those assets unless you have a clear idea of what he's going to resign for. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I yeah. would hope that they understand that uh, they've got a good chance of getting him on a long-term deal. Probably... A little cheaper than Nick Paul. Yeah, I had heard that Nashville had offered Juno to go long like six times two type of thing, and Juno didn't want that. Well, so are, Paul are you, is seven three point one five. Maybe he's six two and a half. Are you the guy that played for Nashville last year, or are you the guy that's playing for them this year? Well, that's why you're getting the discount for if you're Tampa. You're hopefully he's closer to the one than the other, and I've probably had two or three viewings of the Predators this year, yeah. which, like, I mean, that's a lot, it seems like. But he's not on unnoticeable would you, on the ice. Right. Would you take Janot or Bunting? Would you take Janot at two and a half or Bunting at five? Janot. Oh. Heartbeat. Uh, is that a serious question? Janot is leading Genoa, the right? NHL in fights, and he scored no 25 years. So ago. if my whole point in, yeah. in this is if, if Bunting is looking at five million bucks, 
then why would Janelle go and sign for $2 million? Mm-hmm. Well, when yeah. you just told me you'd rather have him than, than uh, bunting straight up. Yeah, no, well, no, price. not straight up at those values. Yeah. I mean, straight up, who would you want? Probably bunting. Bunting's points? Yeah, yeah bunting, bunting scored bunting. 60 points last yeah. year, even if yeah. he's a 40 guy on a different line or 50 point guy in a different line. He's but a nice player, versus five, he's smart. Two versus five, yeah. then we start the conversation. Bunting a 60 point guy away from Matthews and Marner? No. But he's probably 45. Uh, different players. Yeah. Different players, but. Yeah. Apples to oranges, I guess, when it comes to But to your money point, my, yeah. if Jano looks at Nick Paul yeah. and says, I'm not Nick Paul either. Yeah, I think Jano's already yeah. 27 or something, isn't he? I know, I might be way off there. I think Maybe he's, he's 25. Young. 25, okay. Yeah. So, 26 in May. So if you're Jano, you look at Nick Paul and go, maybe I'm not quite that value, but I'm still young. Give me six years. I'll take three Listen, million flat. He, just, you know, if if he turns himself into a twenty goal scorer and he can beat the crap out of people, yeah, he's not. That's a closer to me to being uh, uh, Tom Wilson and right. uh, and uh, Anderson in Montreal. But that's why you're getting six years. You know, if you if you aren't those things, then you get a well, two three year deal like everyone else who's a. I, I got to think he's in a pretty good position to bet on himself now in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. If they, so they, what's your point here? What do you think they, you're saying he's not I, going? I, I, I don't or, know if they can get him re-signed if he has a good run. If if they lose to Toronto in the first round, yeah. and yeah, maybe you are looking for the guaranteed $12 million on six years. But if they beat Toronto and they have success against Boston in a long series and you're a big part of it, Maybe you have turned yourself into a three or four million dollar player. So you think that small samples like this, like a one game series, can dictate millions of dollar swings on his contract? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do, again, you have to. You said you, that about you, Leaf guys. You have too. you have to show that you you helped influence that series, though, right? But like Ryan O'Reilly, if he comes here, yeah. and in the first round, the Leafs whatever, lose in five games yeah. and he has two points or if they Done. win the first round Done. and he has six points. Yeah. Yeah. No massive good. swing in his next contract. Yeah. You've lost a lot of leverage. Yeah. Yeah. You can't win. Well, there's been so many guys that have gotten paid off their playoff results. Ask Billy Lano. I was going to say, ask Billy Lano <laughs> about that. It happens. You know, the Oilers guy who was so good when they went to the cup final. Pisani. Pisani. He, he, he had issues, but it's just like, yeah. When there's so many eyes watching you in the biggest games that are the most meaningful and you perform at the highest level in those games, GMs are bound to convince themselves, and I would too, that yeah. you're worth more. It just goes to show you the value of eyeballs, though, because like the World Juniors are valued as they are, not just because it's the World Juniors and the games are one-offs, but because that's when people are watching. Yeah. It's just a matter of people are watching. You want people to see you play well. To me, it's not the games necessarily. A good- a good playoff could solidify Bunting's position at wanting five million bucks, or good, yeah. does he take a, a Trevor Moore deal at low fours? The best case scenario for the Leafs is Michael Bunting is unbelievable in the playoffs. They win the cup, and then he goes and earns six million dollars for someone else. So five our, million for someone else. There's whatever. something else in that press conference I wanted to ask you about before. One more thing before we go to break. He said about when he got asked about activating. Matt Murray mm-hmm. for Lafferty. And, and he said, a good friend of mine said, if time's on your side, use it. Or what is that what he said, right? Lou that's Lamorello, a Lou that's Lou. But he said somebody got hurt. They don't have any games. Should they do? No, until Wednesday? 
Well, you saying the Leafs have up until the deadline Friday, Friday Wednesday, Thursday. They, they got play. two games for so, somebody to get hurt. Okay, but you also oh, they don't have to be cap compliant to activate him on March first. He they're still allowed to activate Matt Murray on March first. No, they're saying he's saying if someone gets hurt, and they LTIR Sandine yeah. or they LTIR. They, they can drop somebody between now and Thursday who gets hurt, and that will have a direct uh, effect on Matt Murray coming back. Okay. But Lafferty and Jake McCabe can play yes. in the game. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Depend the the, the yeah they don't they, team they, they dress they can has to in. be compliant. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was just double checking that with you guys because I was confused by that. But you guys are smarter than me. So no, no, it is. It's all well, very. None of us are Brandon Pridham. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Hey, well, no, one more thing. Springsteen concert. Is that what he said? Yeah, they're going. The, all the Leafs are going to a Springsteen concert tonight. They're still in in Seattle. Of all the things I missed, I missed that. Yeah, they're going to a Springsteen concert. Okay. Who, who's choice is, whose choice is that? What's like, wrong I, with listen, Kyle, Springsteen? Probably. I, I, like, I like Springsteen, but like <laughs> Mitch Marner like Springsteen? Is there, is, if he's smart. I know. Springsteen's 70-something. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> it's not that I don't like the, Springsteen either. I'm just surprised. Austin Matthews, gun to his head. How many Springsteen songs can you name? I'm setting the over under at two Born in the USA. It's Born all he's USA, got. Yeah. Born to run. <laughs> The screen door was Arizona. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Mary's dress. Okay. Are we doing quick Dubas takeaways or after the break from that yeah. presser? Well, I don't know. Is it, what, what, what else do you want? You got nothing out of that? Uh, just, I don't know. Are you happy? Are you. Let's go to break. Proud of yourself? I don't know what I got out of that. Right. Somebody asked him, uh, You feel good? I don't know. He's got no contract. How good can he feel? I don't know. I mean, they, I, yeah, I don't know about how good he can feel, but. You know, he was asked if he's going to be busy at the deadline. He all but said yes. That seems relevant. You know, he's he said, you know, um, yeah, when they're trading guys for a seventh to, they don't want to change their team too much, though. He did say, but like, you know, there didn't sound to me like he's just going to take his ball and go home. So he's got uh, four significant faces in his lineup, right? It's, McCabe, yeah, Achari, Ryan O'Reilly, Lafferty. Year we won the cup, I think we had six or seven, and we were the we were in first place. So you wouldn't worry about the. I it's always a gamble. The chemistry thing is always a gamble. Yeah, but I think uh, I think the the character that they brought in can only lift the others up. Mm-hmm. And maybe we've seen that a little bit with Aston Reese and Achari. Yeah, watch Slafferty go to work mm-hmm. and pull. And, and dragged more people into the fight. He said competitiveness like 11 times when he talked yeah. about Lafferty and what they were trying to do. Yeah. He also, did you see him so, bristle at the phrase playoff hockey? He didn't like the idea that you would build a different team yeah, for he, playoffs. Yeah, he's built a different team. Yeah. Uh, you know, and listen, I don't know whether he'd admit it or not, or he doesn't like that, but... Uh, He's he's swinging to the other side here, oh, I know. right? Yeah. He wanted a skill, skill, skill. Yeah. No, you need grit, skill, grit, skill. And if he were here, he'd say, "I want those things, but with the skill." And it's like you've changed. You've changed. Good. And he bristles at playoff hockey because the first round last year was called tighter than a preseason game. So, right. That could be it too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like they they are a much better team. He, no doubt. He, Much better team. One of the things you're not allowed to say around him is the phrase big boy hockey. He hates it. He hates the idea of like, you know, that there's a different type of hockey or a different, like you just, yeah. good hockey players play well in hockey games is, is his thinking. Yeah. And big, big guys who play well 
or even better. Play that big boy hockey. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll talk more Toronto Maple Leafs, including David Poyle out in Nashville. We'll tell you everything you need to know about that move and where it's heading for Nashville. Timo Meyer, Keandra Miller has a hearing tomorrow. Plenty more to get into on Real Kipper and Bourne. We're glad you're along for the ride. Give us a rating and review if you get a chance. Always great to hear from you. Back after these words. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, plenty more to dive into. Justin Bourne, Nick Kiprios, Sammy McKee. Uh... Uh, are we done with the Leafs or anything else you want to... What's our producer laughing at? I don't know. <laughs> Just beer I, league hockey chat. You know what? Sorry, <laughs> I've lost him. You lost him? Yeah. Got you there? You got him back? You, you got hear audio. Me? You need new IFB. IFB's shot. We don't need Sam anyway. You just talk to me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Is this thing on? Can you hear me now? Nothing from Sammy? Nothing. Nothing. You tell me what he's saying. I, <laughs> no, no, no. I hardly pay attention to him, to be honest with you. He says you're handsome and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where do you want to start? Well, should we are go you around okay? the league with some are, of the deals? Uh, are you okay? Like, we know that uh, we should see Jake McCabe and Lafferty in the lineup Wednesday night. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to join the Leafs in Seattle um, today. And then they're going to travel with the team to Edmonton. So maybe they'll get to go to Springsteen as their first Leafs event, which is very possible. Sammy, very you're questioning uh, Spring, Bruce Springsteen, the boss. I'm not quite. I personally love the boss. I own multiple boss albums on vinyl. In fact, I like <laughs> the boss. Right? Yeah. I do, yeah. I'm a fan of the boss. Um, I can sing you any boss song you want, but I just don't think it's like a Gen Z hockey player thing would be to go see Bruce Springsteen. Going to Bad Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> or like Bieber or Drake right. or Springsteen right, just seems so weird. We're okay with the McCabe, Lafferty. Yep. Ready to move on a little bit? We talk around. Uh, yes. Where do you want to start? Timo Meyer? Uh, you want to get to. Uh, here, let's get you on a headset here. Let's do some, some so you can get Sammy involved in your world, too. Throw one of those on. Uh, Timo Meyer thoughts. I'll go first on that. Um, you know, I think it's a bit of a steal. I think it's a bit of a steal for New Jersey. This is a big, almost a defining moment for Mike Greer. Is that, you know, his first sort of big swing at it? And I wasn't overly impressed. New Jersey has a number of top-end prospects they could have gone after. You know what it is for me is that it seems some people want a whole bunch of stuff and it looks like more than getting one guy back. And if it does, you know, put all your eggs in one basket and see if, you know, one of these devil's prospects could have panned out for him or a topic. I just didn't think they got anything that made me overly impressed with a return for San Jose. If you're judging it by letters in names, like at the amount, the, yeah. the sharks hit it out of the park. You think so? The names oh, of the these letters things, and names, these, I see. Yeah. The names of these guys is unbelievable. Honestly, I can't believe the letters in these people's names. It's I've lots, never lots really of heard of any yeah. of them. Other than I guess Fabian Zetterlin was their first rounder from last year, who I guess I've, you know, but I was expecting it to be one of their finest pieces. Like, you know, like um Luke Hughes or yeah. Dawson Mercer or what's that other guy? They they have another uh, Luke Nemich, Holt, something Holtz. Simon Nemich, yeah. Oh, they yeah. Got, they got, they've you got. Think, you think uh, this is one of those where a year or two, three 
People are going to be judging Mike Greer as way over his head or inexperienced no. or uh, missed out an just, opportunity just to get it's better. A big one to start off your career, and I think you'll be looking years from now going, okay, they got Zetterland, he's whatever. They got Andreas Janssen, okay. They got, you know, a late first. That's they've been trying to get rid of for a very yeah. long time. Yeah. You know, they got a, a, the first that may not end up being overly impactful based on where the Devils are good, right? Like, I just don't see them... Unless they hit on a late round, late first rounder. I don't know. But good for the Devils. Hey, I got to think, too, that really no different than Tanner Janot, that you got to now, you've given up whatever you've given up. You got to get him signed. Mm-hmm. Like this has to, they have to know where the ballpark is for him on a long-term deal and I got to think that they would have had some idea that they've got a chance to re-sign him long-term before you make this commitment. Yeah. you like, the $10 million QO is a lot, but if you're saying we traded for the sky and we can do, whatever, eight times nine yeah. or something like that, maybe that's a little bit more reasonable for yeah. a guy who shoots at a ton and is going to score 40 goals. I wonder how hard Winnipeg pushed. I mentioned Winnipeg uh, having... Timo is an alternative to fill in for a couple of guys that, uh, you know, depending between now and, and Friday or now and a year and a half from now, uh, a lot of their stars, their contracts are done. Shifley, Wheeler, a couple more years, Hellebuck. Yeah. You know, Winnipeg is, they need to get aggressive here. They've lost three in a row. They're up on Calgary by five points to stay in the playoffs. That could shrink yeah. in a week. Sure. You know, it could. Like they, my general criticism of Shevel Day Off has been just a lack like, of aggression. Like with this core here, he's got to do something. He's had that reputation though. As just not, waited yeah, out. Not it's a great way to keep your job. Oh, we pushing. haven't trained any prospects. We're okay. Uh, will eventually get us to a David Poyle conversation. There's a guy that's kept his job for over 30 years, um, and now we know that's coming to an end. But before that, uh, maybe Calgary might be licking their chops a little bit, knowing that Pierre-Luc Dubois is out of the lineup. Did you see that? So is that true, the Dubois thing? Did that, Dubois I don't, I don't know. Hurt, I don't he know. hurt is that his hand true? on a saw. Oh, I just... I don't know if what Borny said. It could have been a... Uh, it could have been a joke. I'm on it. Sammy, you I got to confirm that for us. What, 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 like I got sourced with Pierre Luc Dubois. I was <laughs> listen. I was scrambling around a little bit at the start of the show. I wasn't checking in on Luke Dubois' hand at Home Depot. Okay, well, you were. You know, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, we couldn't get you away from the the Blue Jay preseason game. Okay, let's. <laughs> I know. I am wearing my Jays hat today, so yeah, I was all I was all in on whoever played for the Blue Jays today, but. I, I don't know what's going on with Pierre Dubois. Is that true, Borny? I don't know. But okay. e- either way, it doesn't make much of a difference in terms of the Jets still need more players and fast. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a big story if it's true. If he's hurt? <laughs> yeah, you think? Well, how, I mean, what does it change? They still they need a person. They need better players now. Either way, don't well, they, they? They they run the risk of missing the playoffs without him. That's true. That's a big one. Yep. Seattle is now the two wildcard spots are currently held by Winnipeg and Seattle. The Kraken, who I recently declared that I just had had enough of this season, they're in trouble. Last wildcard spot. Just begging the Flames to figure it out. Hey, what's your thought on the Flames? You keep saying cryptic things about the Flames, and I can't figure out what you're trying to say is going on. That they may 
miss the playoffs? Yeah, they may miss the playoffs, yeah. but you mentioned Tree Living doesn't have a contract. Tree Living's like... Does that imply he'll be aggressive? Um, or... No, what it implies is that he's not in any position to sell any pieces like okay. David Poyle just did mm-hmm. prior to the announcement that he'll be leaving. No real surprise there, correct? I don't know. A guy who's there forever, it's always a surprise when he's not there. Well, but like I am a, surprised. like a surprise. They, they also interviewed Barry Trotz. They had like a welcome yeah, this, presser. Yeah, this has been in the works for a long time. So though. my question then is, you can't tell me that Trotz now is not the assistant GM. No, he's the guy. Like even today? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like you're not going to make a move without the guy who knows he's going to have the no, job no, he's being in, okay. He's, he's, he's in all the calls now. This was yeah. really set up for... Now, Barry Trotz getting his feet wet as a general manager uh, right up until Friday. Boy, you can get pretty wet feet by trading yeah. Eckholm and God knows who else you want to trade there out of Nashville. They're they're full sellers now. Yeah. And they've won three in a row, listen, mind you. But. The ownership group in Nashville went to David Poyle a while ago and said, listen, you got to give us a contingency plan on, on your way out here. You got to tell us how we're going we're gonna to break this thing off. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most part, you know, the sense was around the hockey world was David Poyle wanted his son to take over, mm-hmm. but he's not ready. And that, uh, I think brought in Barry Trotz around Christmas time that, uh, this really, this whole thing kind of came together in the last four, six weeks. And now Barry Trotz is right in there, right up until uh, Friday's deadline on on calls from here on in, and probably had a big play into uh, what's going on there. Tanner Janot, and and now Ekholm, I hear, is very much out there, very much in play. I think the Leafs were right in there as well before they decided on Jake McCabe. Mm -hmm. And now there's a real strong sense that the Edmonton Oilers are, are... are finding ways to make it work. Um, at home would have cost the Leafs Matthew Nyes. Mm. I, I, yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. I don't know what Ekholm's going to look like the next three seasons at six and six point two five or. Whatever I think he'll be fine for a couple of years. Yeah, I do. And right now, I hear for the Oilers to make it work, they'd have to be willing to give up uh, Broberg. Hmm. That's you know, the name that's out there. Which is something they have to do. They have to. You know what's have wild? To. The Oilers I totally agree. are the only team in the NHL that has their first round pick from the last 10 years still in their organization. You look at who they picked in the first round the last 10 years, every single player is still a part of it. This is just to point out how passive they've been in terms of trading picks and prospects for, it's actually I think 11 of their last 12 guys, only Yakupov is the only guy who's not in there. So yeah, they can go ahead and move a few guys and know comfortably that they've, you know, they haven't been selling off yeah. assets. Yeah. The other thing too is, much like Kyle was able to convince Chicago to pick up fifty percent of McCabe, they're going to have to find a way for Nashville to pick up some salary off Elkholm at six point two five. I think you'd have to bring that thing down for Edmonton to four four two five. Or five. Yeah, now you're talking Broberg plus then yes, if you're saying well, we're gonna pay you yes. you know, hang on yeah. to two schmill a year for but, us. Uh, Connor McDavid thing, sense of urgency thing. 
Well, yeah. if you don't get aggressive now for Connor McDavid, I'm sorry, Ken Holland has let the team down. Failed. Failed. This is this is Wayne Gretzky in his prime. Yes. You know, you, this is the time to go not go and say, well, we want to make sure we maintain all no. of our development. Shut up. You go can, get the good players for yeah. Connor. Save those picks, I guess, for when Connor leaves because yeah. you didn't make any trades. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's it. You don't win. You don't yeah. get aggressive. He's not sticking around forever. Yeah. But this... There's still teams looking right now. L.A. Kings, a lot of people thought that they were close on Chikrin. Something happened there. No question. Everybody I keep talking to said something switched that they really thought the deal was done a while ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, they they still want to improve. Um, the but, Kings do, yeah. And Gabrikov is out there as well. Mm-hmm. I love when someone like Bukala comes on and you know really watched a bunch of video and breaks the guy down. Yeah. You know, it gives you a different perspective about the way a guy plays and what he could do for a team. Yes. He'll help your team if for de- depth D for sure, but he's not going to change your top pair or anything. I think uh, first, third, and a fourth for that, eh? That would be But that's got to be like a list price when you expect to get one first and yeah. a third or something. A lot of people talking today that uh, Yarmo and, and Columbus got caught. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They, with, they had the some Boston offers thing. early on. With and... the Boston thing, and Boston waited it out, and then at the last second, Washington, off the loss of Detroit last week, mm-hmm. became sellers. Right. So all of a sudden, they're, they turned down other offers that yeah. might have been better, and now it's... Yeah, and listen, there's there's still teams out there that, I don't know, 50-50, Detroit, like a couple days ago... They're right in the mix. I th- check Detroit's schedule. I think they got Ottawa Twice. coming up. They do. They, yeah. they play back-to-back okay. nights. All right. I mean, a couple of losses there. And now everybody said Bertuzzi's off limits. But I don't believe that to be true if they lose back-to-back against Ottawa. By the way, sneaky huge swing game in the Eastern Conference. Like, Ottawa has, you know, games played on everyone. They beat Detroit twice in a row here. They become, they're in the mix. Right? Yeah. So for Detroit, that would so, be obviously a big swing. So there are there are teams that still are a little undecided on uh, maybe a few pieces. I wonder if Florida could lose a couple if they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't give up after winning the President's Trophy last There's year. There's just nowhere to go for Florida. In terms of getting better? Well, just in terms of, yeah, in terms of getting better. They have no assets. You don't want to, you don't want to trade picks you don't want to be trade good players to get worse because you're you don't have your first round pick yeah and you don't want to get into that lottery area which they're too good to now but like you you want to be going north not south if you're them you have no pick to get better so yeah um what about the squids they looked bad last night they're they're kind of fading quickly here cracking yeah well come they on they consider it? listen they they're in they, a wild they got off to a good start against the leafs they get their first goal and i can watch Giordano's goal a thousand times, and I still will not be able to figure out how Grubauer let that in. It went through his path. It was such a bad goal, <laughs> like like an awful goal. Yeah, and that give O'Reilly credit for creating the complications in front of him. I, but I, to, I really hated the third one too, where Marner comes out from behind the net to, to Lilligren. He should get across on he's that. He's just stuck on to, the post. Yeah. To yeah. me. Uh, 
like that's an issue. I mean, like, great that goal, sucked. but yeah. Uh, the, the Giordano goal completely changed the energy off that start for Seattle. Yeah. Funny you mentioned the third one, too, because in that goal, too, you could say, ah, he was screened, and the other one was a post-to-post. It's like, okay, they, well, these NHL goalies. They don't get through. Right. They don't get through. That hurts. But they are in a wild-card spot, and the West doesn't really have any challengers. Like, it's flipped, because remember last year, the Islanders finished ninth in the East last year, and they were, do you know how many points they were out of the playoff spot last year? 16. The eighth seed had 100 points. They had 84 this year it's flipped where the, the West is becoming that if Calgary doesn't get their act together, Seattle can limp into the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah. I'd love to say they'd get dummied by whoever they play, but who's any good in the West? I just got a, a source uh, sent me a text. Gudis is for sale. You want Gudis? I think the Leafs would have wanted Gudis pre McCabe. Yeah. They always liked Gudis, didn't they? Well, I don't know. They had the chance to sign him in the off season. I think they passed. But they've they've definitely been they've circled each other before in the past. It's, for sure, that's a Luke Shen Gudis coin toss, isn't it? Yeah, I think I'd rather have Gudis. But I tell you what, I'd rather have Gudis on my third pair than Lilligren. Oh, don't hit me! Oh, in the playoffs this year only, not for their careers. So maybe Kyle's not done. I don't know. It, I disagree with that. Lilligren's been so much better this year. I can't have enough guys that just. Maybe just put a little fear in God into your opponent. <laughs> yeah. Don't underestimate that. Gudis won't. Yeah, he'll run into somebody and then turtle when they go to fight him. So, Oh, it happened once. That happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. The Arbor Jack guy, Wi-Fi, called him out for it. It happens all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, interesting to know if that would intrigue them. I don't know. But, like, if you're Florida, what are you selling? You get a third pick, a third rounder for Gudis, and then what? I don't know couple good games tonight, boys. Boston-Edmonton is an excellent hockey game. And you got Detroit and Ottawa, which now is sneaky meaningful. And you've got uh, Vegas and Colorado tonight, too. So some good hockey games What tonight. is going on with Colorado? Uh, who's their centerman, guys? Like, the, take a look. There's slim pickings. God, do they not need somebody? Yeah, they will. There's all this talk that they were going to get one of the big names. It was going to be Kane or Taves or... You know, everyone was talking about, oh, they'll look good in Colorado. Not, you know, we talked about moving early because you're not sure what's going to be left here. Yeah, you got JT Comfer as your second line center right now with them. Yeah, not good enough. They're going to get healthy though, right? Are they missing? They're missing a lot of great players, yeah. You know, Landis Gog's out, Helm's out, Eric Johnson's out, Frank Kuz, McCarr's out. Like, they got a lot of people out of the lineup right now, so. Right. Lars Eller, that's what I'm calling, to Colorado. Lar Seller. Yes. Lar Zeller. Yeah. Love it. I think that's a great fit for them, isn't it? I don't know. Washington's in selling mode. You know who else is an interesting name is Jensen on Washington. If they're going to sell yeah. off their D, he's a pretty good defenseman. He is. He breaks it out well. Yeah. Uh, just want to pick up on Pat Kane, and I think you talked about this earlier, just in terms of sometimes the fit, the chemistry, and you know, I'm just I'm looking at that. Like say first power play, mm-hmm. and like who's out if Kane comes in? Yeah, what are they? Tarasenko, Zabinajad, Panarin, Panarin, uh, Fox, Fox on the on the point, and Kreider. Uh, oh, Kreider, Kreider's like the best power 50, play, yeah. fifty goal scorer in front yeah. of the net. That's his spot. So who's who's out? I tell you what, you I, I don't you, know if you, you don't want to trade for Tarasenko and not have him on the first line because you will hear it. Yeah, really. See, I don't understand some of this. 
vanity stuff. Like you want to go chase a cup and go pick your team and go play for them. Like you're also asking to bump guys off positions. And I don't think that's reasonable. I think it's fair to say I want to play there and play the second line and take what you can get and be a part of it. But see the other thing I, I look at with the Rangers and like skill out of the yin yang. We know that with Zabanajad and Kreider and Panarin and Kane. Um, but who's 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 Mitch Marner back checking out of your stars on that? Who's oh yeah, no, that's a real thing with that who's group. Who's coming back to help out here? Yeah, it's not like Panarin or Tarasenko or two way forces or no. It's a good point. Like that to me is the one thing that kind of stands out is that. I mean, there's, their stars don't have, not one of them has this kind of like pedigree of being a 200-foot guy. Yeah, Devils-Rangers first round might be a great series to bet overs in, even though the goaltending is good in New York. Yeah. My, uh, my source also says on Gudis, uh problem is with Gudis, he puts the fear of God and also his own his team. Own team. <laughs> Put the fear of your God into you and his teammates. All right, I take back what I said about Lilligren. Yeah, give me Lilligren. Take it back. Oh, my God, look at the weather out there. What is happening? Oh, it's coming. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not T-Town weather. Our thanks to Jason Bukala, who will be um, on your sets all day Friday for Sportsnet's trade deadline show. Uh, Find out uh, where Mulligan's going again. (laughs) That's the latest right now. That's Uh, all that'll be left. All right, boys, have a great night, and we're back tomorrow. Real Kipper and Bourne.